Hello and welcome to The Rejection Diaries Season 2 with me, Stuart White. Tonight I am joined by Loretta Chef Chanel. Loretta, it's lovely to have you on the show. Thank you. <laughs> and um, as we, we always do at the start of the show, um, it'd be great to get to know a little bit more about you. And so if you could just let everyone know um, who you are and what brought you into the writing world? What what started you off uh, with your writing journey? Okay, uh, I'm Loretta Shefshoni, and I started writing in 2014. And when I started writing novels, I mean, when I was younger, I like dabbled in poetry and stuff like that. But when I started writing novels, it was just a few reasons that came together at the same time. So at that time, I was actually going through a grieving process, and um, it was a time in my life when I just felt like everything that I was doing was for somebody else in my life, and I needed something that was just for me. So my son had just been diagnosed with dyspraxia, and um, I quit my job in early childhood education to stay home with him to help him with virtual school. So I had more time and opportunity to write. And on a lighter note, I had just at that time recently read a series of books where I wasn't very happy with the way they ended. And so I wanted to write my own so that I could be in control of how the book ended. So that's what inspired me to start writing. That's that's brilliant. Um, I really love that. It's really original as well. Um, often people talk about you know writing stories as kids, blah blah blah, and that kept them going. But that's that's um, that's the first time I've heard that one. That's um, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, so let's um, let's get started talking about your, your writing journey. Then, so you decided to start writing books so you could write those endings better, mm-hmm. and. What got you going? Where did you start? Did you start writing novels? Did you start writing poetry, short stories? Where did it all begin for you in terms of that? Yeah, I I started right away with novels. Now, I'll admit that like the first couple that I started, I didn't finish. But the first one that I finished was um, a paranormal romance. And it was about a djinn and a human girl. And I think at one point it was... 140k words, so definitely it was too long. Um, and it was sort of an amalgamation of tropes that I loved from different stories. So kind of like fan fiction, but not focused on just one story. And it was terrible, but I didn't know that at that time. So in 2016, I sent out 100 queries for that book. So I guess my motto back then was if I was going to fail, I was going to do a spectacular job of it. <laughs> which is which is which is perfect though. Um, you know, like I, I'm I'm very much a, a I'm quite gung ho when it comes to querying and stuff. So I'm 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 from that camp. So, um, but obviously, <laughs> but obviously that's not for everyone, and, and there are different ways to approach it and so on. So, um, how did uh, the querying work out on that first novel? Um, it was terrible. Yeah, it tanked. So I went ahead and wrote the second book, um, which actually became the book of my heart. Um, And that was my own voices, Red Shoes Retelling, which is about um, a dyspraxic girl, her parkour ninja crush and a vengeful ghost. So I was actually writing pitches for that book when I came upon Peer Pitch on Twitter, which was the beginning roots of Write Mentor. 
And um, it was actually the peer pitch community that was so supportive that really gave me the boost that I needed to keep believing in my work. So after I had rewritten the opening for that book about a million times, it was accepted into a contest called RevPit, um, where the editors choose writers that they want to work with, and they help you do a developmental edit of your book. So it was just amazing how the story grew over the next couple of months while I worked with that editor. Um, and in the end, after I queried that book, it ended up getting at least, I think, over 20 requests, full requests, with some agents telling me that it had been a really close call, but all of them eventually passed. Now, that book also was shortlisted for the Right Mentor Children's Novel Award, and it was a finalist for Lyra's The Writer Award. Um, and I was never able to fully let go of it. I mean, even very recently, I was considering an offer from what I thought was a reputable small press. But um, long story short, they tried to discourage me from reaching out to agents by giving me a very tight deadline to sign the contract. And so I reached out to agents anyway, and a couple of them agreed that they wanted to read the book, even if it was a very tight deadline. And so at that point, the CEO of the small press um, got really mad and told me that I didn't trust them. And she gave me, she went back on her original deadline and gave me 24 hours to sign the contract. So of course, that was a big red flag. So of course I didn't go with them. So that was disappointing, but I guess I dodged a bullet, so. I went, um, I'll go on to the third book. So the third book I wrote was a thriller with light sci-fi elements. And I had a fabulous mentor for this book in the Right Mentor Summer Program. Um, when I queried it, it did better than the first book, but not as good as the second book. So it was like a, a little bit of a step back, but actually I stopped querying it after about 40 queries, so kind of early, and this was in 2019. I did get one uh, revise and resubmit from an agent, but that ultimately ended up being another pass. So my the reason why I stopped querying that one kind of earlier was because I felt like it didn't have the same spark as the book before, and after writing a fourth book, which I'll get to in a minute, um, that was stronger, what I realized is that creepy books with some kind of ghost are what I'm really good at writing. And so I, looking back, I feel like maybe the sci-fi thriller was a great idea of a great premise for somebody else to write, but maybe it wasn't the right book for me to write. So I think that's important too, is like finding what you're good at and like what can be your brand. So then I wrote the fourth book. Now this one is about a Muslim teen detective who hears the dead and she has to travel to Barzak, which is the Islamic after realm to find her mother's lost soul. So in 2020, this book got accepted into Pitch Wars, which is a big contest that um, I had actually entered it three previous years with two other books. So it was a big deal to me. And I thought, this is it, you know? <laughs> and um, I had really all my hopes pinned on the agent showcase and I had another fabulous mentor. And when the showcase came, I did receive a good number of requests and I sent out those fulls along with um, queries to my top agents on my list. And since March of this year, 
I've had about a 40% request rate with that book. Um, also, based on an excerpt from that book, I was accepted into Highlight Foundation's Muslim Storyteller Fellowship. And recently, that book was um, shortlisted for BPA's first novel award. But alas, <laughs> slowly the rejections on the fulls have trickled in. But this time, I've gotten much more positive comments from agents than I ever have before. And the comments themselves are more positive and with many agents expressing a lot of regret. So I feel like I'm so close and it's a very strange place to be because on one hand, it's good to be close, but on the other hand, sometimes it's really hard to hold on to hope when you've just been through so much rejection. So, um, I started writing a fifth book, but I got 10K into that draft when I decided to pause and revise the fourth book one more time. I felt like the agents gave me enough feedback, and this is another sign that you're getting really close, is when agents give you feedback that you can actually use because that didn't happen with the first book. So I found commonalities between the feedback from different agents and made a revision plan. But this is the hardest revision that I've ever done. It feels like every change that I make is so slow and takes so much time and thought and effort, but I'm hoping that that means that I'm doing it right this time. And also I've gotten some great tips from my mentor at Highlights, who it happens to be um, Sabah Tahir, and, uh, who is amazing. And she told our YA fantasy group, oh, say hi to my cat. <laughs> She told us um, that when she wrote An Ember in the Ashes, that it took her six years of working on that book to get an agent. So that's very encouraging. And um, for this book so far, I've queried about 50 agents between the Pitch War Showcase and sending out cold queries. So I have a new list of about 20 agents that I'll query when I finish revisions. And then, um, of course, I'll contact any agents who still have the full and ask them if they would like to see the updated version. And in my experience, agents are very receptive to that kind of thing. So yeah, very much. That's where I'm at right yeah. now. Um, there was a couple of things I wanted to ask you based on that, uh, Loretta, because obviously you, you fired through like a lot, you know, that's a lot of years and a lot of work and words that um, you've gone through there and, and your, your process. Um, I was I was wanting to actually ask just about the one that you're working on just now, the fourth book that you're revising. Do you have, because you're revising it, um, uh, do you have, I guess, like the thought of what an agent will think in your head as you're revising? Or are you able to sort of detach yourself from, you know, and, and put it, you sort of have the art at one side and then the, you know, the potential outcome with an agent's at the other? Or, or, or do you find that they merge a lot? Because I know personally that if um, an agent has given me feedback, I'm then very conscious of that when I'm when I'm doing the revision. Yeah. Um, okay, so I made my plan, which is based on addressing the agent's feedback and also some feedback that I got from my last round of beta readers. So um, the changes aren't all 100% based on what the agents have said. And, you know, I also added in some of my own things that I felt needed to change. But definitely, as I've been revising, when I go 
back because like I'll revise a few chapters and then read back over them before I move on to the next set of chapters. And as I've been like assessing my revisions to see if they're working, I definitely am like thinking in my mind, I think that the agents will, that this is what they were talking about when they made those comments. And I think that this addresses their concerns. Okay, good, good. It's, it's lovely to hear that you're, you're on track. Um, and I, I wanted to ask a little bit as well about um, book two, obviously, um, it did well in competitions, you know, it got selected for, for RevPit. Um, and you said that there was quite a high query success rate of about 40%. So I, I'm not sure what the person, I think the percentage was a little bit lower. Um, okay. Because I had queried an early version I had sent about 40 queries on an early version. Then I was accepted into RevPit and I revised. And then I queried again with the stronger version. And so I think that um, I had more success with the fourth book because I didn't really query. I didn't query it at all, actually, before Pitch Wars. So I had worked with a mentor already when I sent the very first queries. So, um, but I... For that book, the second book that you're talking about, I did have over 20 full requests, which was a big leap from having none for the first book. So, And I'm just wondering, because obviously, you know, I've I've had a similar experience as well. Um, You get so close, you know, you must must be building up a lot of hope when you get as many requests as that, you know, when you're listing in competitions. Like, A, first of all, like, how hopeful did you get and and be you know how how disappointed were you when obviously that didn't work out and and how did you bounce back from it um okay so yeah it was in both cases with the second book and with the fourth book with the second book most of my disappointment was around the fact that this was a dyspraxic character and both my son and myself have dyspraxia. So it's very personal for me. So I took the rejections very personally because of that. Um, And because it would be so exciting for me to see a dyspraxic character in that genre Um, and to get more awareness out about dyspraxia, because I know it's better known in the UK, but in the U S it's hardly known at all. And it's often misdiagnosed. And I know for myself, that it really affected my education, my career, my relationships, like so many aspects of my life. So I feel like um, that's something that is important for people to be aware of because like my son went to therapy when he was at a young age because it was identified in him at a young age, whereas I wasn't um, diagnosed until later in life. And I think that when you get those accommodations and support early, that it makes a big difference in um, your success in, in different areas of your life. So that's a big part of why I was so disappointed for that one. With the new book, it's mostly been because I had just had pitch wars built up so big in my mind because so many books from that contest go on to be such big successes. And so um, when I entered, you know, you, you submit to four different mentors and three of them requested to to read the full. So I knew I had, you know, a good chance of getting in. And um, the previous years that I entered, I never even got a request from a mentor for any of my other books. So it was it was so exciting. Um, 
but I, you know, I'm very close with all of the people, all of the writers who were in my pitch wars class. And I'm not the only one who didn't make it. You know, a lot of them did. A lot of them already have book deals and I'm honestly so sincerely happy for them, you know, um, and the rest of us who didn't make it, you know, we're still very close and cheering each other on and consoling each other. So it's it's always worth it, I think, to take advantage of every opportunity. You know, I feel like every contest that I've entered, even if I never heard back, every pitch event that I've ever participated in, even if I didn't get any likes, I just feel like they've all helped me, you know, and it's really good when you're dealing with rejection to get involved in the writing community and find your support system. Um, you know, I've beta read brilliant stories from authors who didn't get an offer and they still don't have an agent and they're still not published. And I love their books. So the publishing is just so subjective. So it's so important to remember that. And, you know, when you get critique partners, um, they can help you identify your strengths and weaknesses. And that's really important so that you keep growing as a writer. And it's hard, like I said, with pitch wars, when you see people who do have quick success stories, it can be discouraging. But at the same time, you know, if you're on Twitter, you see that there are, are also so many inspiring stories of writers who were trying and trying for years and then they made it, you know, so everybody's path is going to be different. And in the end, I think it's just okay to feel discouraged sometimes, you know, and just accept that that's a feeling that you're feeling, but it doesn't define you and it doesn't define your writing. And in the end, you can only control one thing, which is your book. You write your book, you revise your book. And I think it's important to find the things that you love about your book, because that's really what's going to give you a reason to keep going is, is why you're doing this. You know, what is it? What is the magic about writing that you see coming out in your stories? And um, I feel like it's also helpful to have like a little positive feedback folder. Do you have one of those? <laughs> so whenever you get, you know, good feedback from a critique partner or a beta reader or from a contest, I just keep those little snippets in a folder. So whenever I'm feeling down about my writing, I just read those to remember that, you know, something that I wrote was good and somebody, it made somebody feel something. So that's why we do what we do. Yeah, th those are those are wonderful bits of advice. It's funny because that was the next question I was going to ask you was, do you have any advice for for querying writers? And um, <laughs> you you already answered that and, and and also delivered it perfectly. There's so much um, so much for the people who are listening to to mine from that answer and to to gain from it. So uh, thanks so much for sharing all of that. Um, and finally, just to finish in a sort of uh, I guess an upbeat tone. Um, what is next for you? You're obviously revising the, the fourth book at the moment, but um, the, the fifth book that you've begun, is that is that the next big project? And, and can you tell us a little bit about it? Um, yeah, the fifth book is uh, about a kidnapped girl. Um, so it's a little bit dark because it's a girl who's, she's been kidnapped and she's being kept in a basement. But there's also a ghost because 
I'm going to lean into my strengths from now on. So there's a ghost in the basement of the kidnapper's previous victim. And so they work together to try to figure out who the kidnapper is. And while they're doing that, all of these secrets from their past come out. So it's, um, I comped it to the Lovely Bones times uh, the TV show, Cruel Summer. Okay. So I'm excited about that one. Sounds brilliant. Okay, uh, thanks so much for joining me tonight, Loretta. It was lovely to chat to you and you've given so much um, insight and advice and tips for the people that are listening. And I really appreciate you doing that because it's so important for writers to know that they're not alone in this struggle um, when they're getting rejections and it's, it's a tough time. So thank you very much for all your insights. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure.